This is the Hockey News Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Matt Larkin here with Ryan Kennedy, my fellow senior writer. We're talking a little bit about the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. And if you look at what we saw from Vegas during the regular season, you'd never know that we were going to get the result we got in game one of this series. It's supposed to be the Clash of the Titans, and it was... I don't know what you call it. It was just an absolute beatdown. And so, Ryan, uh, we've already started this series, so I'm not looking for a series prediction from you, but what do you think right now is the main storyline to watch as this series progresses? Well, for me, it's the dominance of Nathan McKinnon and his line with Gabriel Landeskog and Mika Rantanen. You know, we, we really haven't talked too much about Nathan McKinnon this season, which is sort of surprising. I mean, all the focus was on Connor McDavid, and uh, to a lesser extent, Austin Matthews and just all the points they were putting up. And, and maybe that's, you know, a, a Canadian bias because of the North Division. But, I mean, Nathan McKinnon has been at the top of his game for a couple of years now. And he has consistently proven himself to be a big game playoff performer. And, you know, 12 points in his first five games, which leads the league. And, I mean, Kucherov is 12 points, but it's in seven games. So I'm giving the nod to Nate Doug there. He's just so powerful. And what strikes me is, you know, the competitive fire he has. And obviously that's something that, you know, he's had ever since he was a kid. You know, I remember talking to his teammates back at Shattuck St. Mary's. And, you know, he is that sort of competitive guy that wants to win. I know, uh, again, you know, even dating back years that, you know, a lot of hockey players want to be the underdog. They like that underdog story. Not Nathan McKinnon. You know, his favorite basketball player was Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant was the best. And he was always expected to win, and he usually did. And when I look at this series, I see McKinnon realizing that this is his sort of first great shot at a Stanley Cup because last year the Avs, they had so many injuries. It was really hard for them to sort of slog through, and obviously, ultimately, they fell short. But you look at him now and, you know, this is sort of his time. And, you know, this is a guy that is trained in the summer with Sidney Crosby and Brad Marchand, uh, you know, two guys that have Stanley cups. And I'm, I'm sure there was some good natured ribbing that McKinnon was the one that doesn't have one yet. It just feels like the stage is set and the way they swept aside St. Louis, you know, the way they played in game one, I really feel like the Avs are in a great position right now and McKinnon is leading the way. Excellent. It's been so much fun to watch. You know, before we even talk about storylines to watch, it's just hockey to watch. It was a pleasure. It was like watching a video game, especially some of the passing plays we saw from the Avalanche. Unbelievable. And they were playing the Vegas Golden Knights, a really good team. In terms of what I'm seeing as a storyline to watch, you know, you could accuse me of hindsight 2020, but no, it was foresight 2020. The decision to start Robin later in game one, it was galaxy braining at its worst. And if you see on our website, there's a story I ran last week about the idea that if you go with a goalie platoon, historically in the playoffs, it's a bad idea. There's a really strong correlation between goaltenders who start every game or win every game en route to a Stanley Cup. And that really matters here to, to a contender. In the story, Marty Berder is quoted explaining that if you're switching goaltenders, it changes the rhythm of your team. It changes the way your defense plays. It changes the way that the goalie handles the puck, which affects the defense. It has a ripple effect 
up and up and down the lineup. And we know, especially stylistically, there's quite a big difference between Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Lehner. Marc-Andre Andre Fleury is the athlete puck handler. Robin Lehner is more a guy who uses his big size, more a blocker in net. So there really is a big change. And the thing is, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury got you here. There's a problem. This is this was always going to be a problem going into the season, I think, too. When you've decided to keep both your goaltenders, despite all the trade rumors and so on and so on, you're managing two egos. And I think what happened here was Pete DeBoer sort of putting his goaltender's ego first. You can claim, okay, no, it's about resting Marc-Andre Fleury. Who rests their starting goalie in the playoffs? You're playing Colorado. You're trying to save your best for Colorado? Massive mistake. And I wonder if there was sort of an effort to appease the ego of Robin Lehner here. And I'm not saying Robin Lehner has an ego. I'm saying in the most literal sense of what it means. It's saying, hey, I promise this is going to be a tandem. You're going to get your shot too. And I think that's a mistake. If that's what happened here, you sort of overthought it. And then what happens, you bring in a goaltender who's been cold in the playoffs, hasn't he hasn't been the starter. And you throw him to the wolves, you get behind early. And I think now all of a sudden, after such a bad beating, it's just one game, but your confidence has to be shaken there. I think it was a big mistake overthinking it you have to go with Marc Andre Fleury who's been your guy all season he's the more proven playoff goaltender he's gotten you to a Stanley Cup final in 2018 I don't know what Vegas is doing there so looking at the big picture Ryan uh what do you think in terms of Vegas's chances to come back again it's just it's it's one round of the fight but it was a 10-8 round and I think that you know Vegas got saved by the bell so how does Vegas get back into this series if Vegas can get back into this series Well, obviously they need to reset and it is only one game and they were coming off that seven game series against Minnesota. So at least, you know, for their own psychology, I think they can say, all right, we we had to burn a game there. um, But now, you know, let's let's refocus here. You know, obviously that big line that we talked about with Colorado is really difficult to stop because, you know, McKinnon and his linemates, they're so big and they're so talented And McKinnon in particular is so fast. Uh, You know, we saw that on that highlight reel goal in game one. What they have to do, I think, is is try to take away the middle of the ice as best they can and also make sure that you keep yourself in front of McKinnon. It's the classic Connor McDavid strategy where you just can't let him rev up. And if that means meeting him in the neutral zone, then that's what you got to do. And it's going to be some mucky hockey um, but I, I think you really have to concentrate on that line and, and basically say, okay, like we're going to let the other guys up front try to beat us because, you know, if you're the golden Knights, you know, that you can roll four lines. I mean, that's been the Vegas MO since they came into the league is that they can roll talent. You know, they've got guys on each line that can contribute. So I think what you have to do is really just hammer on that top line Try to keep them away from the danger areas. And, you know, for your offense, you do it either on our play or you do it with your other lines. You got to get secondary scoring. You know, if you have to have Mark Stone against the top line as much as possible, then, then that's what you do. Um, if it negates, you know, McKinnon and Stone, then you hope that you have the secondary offense to pull it off and, and that you have the goaltending, uh, assuming uh, Mark andre Fleury is in net to pull it off. I, I think that's the road forward for the Golden Knights. And, and, it, and it's possible. I mean, we're talking about an elite team that has been, you know, one of the best, if not the best teams in the NHL this season. So it's, it's possible, but it's, it's a tough trick to pull off. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in terms of what I think Vegas has to do, you know, as a disclaimer, I'm not saying you follow the path of Ryan Reeves. That's going too far. But I, I do think that Vegas has to try and think of, okay, what advantage do we have over Colorado in this series? Well, it's not skill, even though the Golden Knights are a very skilled team. I don't know if there's a team in the league, maybe Tampa Bay being the only other one that can match Colorado's skill and their ability to move the puck. So I think if you're Vegas, you got to try and kind of drag this fight into the mud. I know that's what Ryan Reeves apparently was trying to do. I'm not talking playing over the line, but within within the confines of playing within that line, you have to be the more physical team. I do think Vegas has, I think, top to bottom, a more physical group, especially if you're thinking of on the forecheck. You know, Colorado's defense core, most of the guys in the defense core are sort of those modern type offensive or, or two-way defensemen, right? Kale McCarr, Samuel Girard, guys like that, Devon Taves. So if you're Alex Tuck, big guys like that, you have to be aggressive on the forecheck. You have to make the avalanche defenseman pay for it. Every time they go into a corner to retrieve a puck, you just have to be the, the bigger, stronger team. Even guys like Braden McNabb, Alex Petrangelo is a big guy. You have to use your size advantage. It's not that Colorado is a small team, but I think overall as a group, they skew a little bit more towards skill, especially when you have Nazem Kadri not in the lineup as well. So I think that is one advantage Vegas can take, and they got to try and slow this down and make this more of a mud fight, a grind. And like you said, Ryan, Mark Stone, if Mark Stone has to be more of a shutdown guy in this series and, and sort of put offense on the back burner, so be it. You got to try and win games 2-1, turn it into a goaltending contest. Philip Grubauer has been great, but I think overall, if you're betting on one goalie in a really close game, you're probably going to pick Flurry over Grubauer just based on history. So I think it's got to be getting away from the track meet mentality if Vegas wants to have a chance. Well, that's it for now for this series. Hope you enjoy the rest of it, and uh, we'll see if it gets competitive. Thank you for listening to the Hockey News Podcast. Make sure to check out THN.com slash subscribe to get issues of the Hockey News Magazine delivered right to your mailbox. 